Now listen, I don't want any more bullshit. bullshit. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know where to start on this one. But y'all knew this was going to be brutal. If you watch that fucking ass whooping that the Colts got handed by Seattle Sunday, you knew this was going to be brutal. I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words, and that happens very seldom. But we're going to unpack this whole ungodly abortion of a performance that these cornball motherfuckers put out on the field on Sunday. But look, I'm going to just keep it real. I'm going to just keep it 100. When you watch a fucking shit show like that, we got to really ask the question, is Fire Reich a thing? Like, is it time for Frank Reich to go? Because I got a bad feeling about this shit going forward. Here's the thing. We should be excited because this is the first game at the beginning of the 2021 season. And instead, we got to deal with this fuck shit. Look, I'm a real fan. So I got their back when they do their thing. And when they are trash, I'm going to call them trash. So it's on today, people. You know how we do. But before we jump into this whole ugly mess, I still need to be a good host here. So let me welcome you back, or if this is your first time listening, welcome you to the number one uncensored NFL podcast in the world, the often imitated, never duplicated, uncensored, unfiltered, untamed, bullshit-free Colts podcast, where you're going to hear everything fit to talk about when it comes to our beloved Indianapolis Colts, except here, baby, you get it with no coach speak, no PR, no spin, no political correctness, and most importantly, y'all know how we do it. 100% no motherfucking bullshit. I'm your host, Harkon Ashala, at your motherfucking service as always. And look, there's no sense beating around the bush. I feel like the dude in the Players Club, I feel like just looking at the whole coach team and being like, you got your ass whipped. Did you even pinch the bitches? I mean, come on. Anyway, we're going to jump right into this. But before we do, as always, very quickly, I want to first thank all you guys for your support, your huge, undying, really inspiring support for the Bullshit Free Colts podcast all last season. You guys have been fantastic. I appreciate every one of you. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the big ups, the props given. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for all the donations. So I'd just like to ask you right now, take your pimp ass finger and smash that like button below. It helps the algorithm share this podcast far and wide across the entire world. We want every real deal, no bullshit Colts fan to find this podcast and be able to tune in and get bullshit free Colts commentary because you can't get it anywhere else. That's real talk. So again, smash that like button. Make sure you drop a comment below. Share this with somebody else that would enjoy it. There's three ways to donate right below. Pick one of those and hit your boy up with $10, $5, $1, $20, whatever it is. And of course, you guys know, because you guys asked for it, we now have a special VIP Bullshit Free Colts podcast Patreon. The link is right below. A whole bunch of y'all have joined it. I got some really good shit coming you guys way for the VIP Patreon members. So if you're interested in really going down the rabbit hole with me, 
click that button and sign up for the Patreon. That way you're automatically helping us out every month and you get access to the best shit we got that's not even fit to post in regular YouTube. Do you feel me? All right. With all that said, let's get into this fucking shit show. Or as I love to say and y'all love to hear me say, let's chop it the fuck up. (sighs) Like, where do we even start with this? I I mean, I got to say, this is one of the most disconcerting, embarrassing, disheartening losses. I think in the entire Frank Reich era, one of the worst in a while. I mean, they, like the Colts, after all this bullshit, all this talk, all this hype, you know, they looked like they were going to be fine for the first drive. They went down the field, methodically took up like nine minutes or some shit like that, and then field goal. They stalled out again. And then after that, it was just all fucking downhill into the pits of hell. But let's start here. You know, let's jump into good, bad, and the ugly, because... There ain't that much good. There's mainly bad and a lot of ugly, but let's let's do this. Let's start with the bright side. Let's start with what was good. Here's the thing that fucking tripped me out most about this game. Shockingly, the two players that most Colts fans were the most worried about were two of the best fucking players on the field. Carson Wentz, and you almost need a drum roll for this one. Rock your sin. Like, after all the talk, uh, and y'all, y'all can try to tell me different, but y'all know damn good and well y'all's playing on your knees, praying to Jesus, God, Yahweh, Buddha, you know, Allah, whoever the fuck you pray to when you found out that Xavier Rose wasn't going to play and fucking Rock your sin was going to be matched up against either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Let's be real about it. We all atheist included was fucking praying right rock your sin i went back and watched it again because i was like damn did i see what i think i just saw i went back and watched the game again looked at it from the standpoint of like looking at it from the the way uh somebody might look at film like just analysis rock was fucking solid rock was solid and i'm gonna tell you carson wentz was game he gained my fucking respect he gained my fucking respect he was game. He brought it. He didn't never gave up. He moved out of the pocket. He didn't make dumb plays. The only thing, like he did have the fumble, though I don't know whether that was him or uh, Ryan Kelly. It looked like just one of those fucking things that happened. But Carson Wentz gave it his all. And he made some fucking big boy rocket right in the pocket throws too that touchdown throw to zach pascal was a thing of beauty like that was some fucking you know that was some top five quarterback shit right there and and even the last drive it was in garbage time but he he did a whole lot of fucking work to make that happen so carson wentz was nowhere near anybody's problem on sunday as evidenced by his 102 Point three or whatever it was, quarterback rating. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 258 yards, I think it was. Look, if if the Colts, ever, if they get their shit together and play the way 
we expect them to play. The way we've seen them play last year, Carson Wentz is going to be kind of fire this year. I, I really believe that. I'm very confident he's going to be very good this year. So, you know, shockingly, those are two of the best players on the field. Here's another thing that was good. Quiddy Pay was getting consistent pressure. I watched him. He was doing his job. A rookie in his first game, he was getting consistent pressure, and he was just seconds away from his first sack in a, in a regular season game. Uh, our boy Defoe Buckner was disruptive, had a sack. Darius Leonard looked like, you know, a motherfucker lost without GPS most of the game, but in the second half, he started to pull it together, and he made a game-changing $20 million player play. When he punched that ball out, that was big time shit. And you know what? I was glad to see it because, yo, maniac. I mean, you know how the game goes, man. You get the money, bro, you got to deliver. It's a whole nother level of of pressure. You know what I mean? Like, you got to come through, bro. So I was glad to see. That was glad to see. Um, But other than that, (laughs) I mean, unless you want to, you know, be happy that Hot Rod... You know, knocked through a 35-yarder or whatever it was, field goal. Other than that, that was about it for the good. But uh, the bad was on display. You know what I mean? Front and motherfucking center. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, the defense back end was getting abused the whole fucking game. They got better in the second half when they went to more zone, but... They were getting abused, man. Carly Willis had several fucked up plays. You know, that first touchdown, just a bad angle. It looked like, you know, it looked like the whole back end got lost on that anyway. So maybe it wasn't really Willis who was even supposed to have him. But he took a bad angle. Um, he he got done and worked a couple of times. Um, Kenny Moore had some good plays. But... um he even struggled a little bit in that. I was I was surprised, man. I mean, they really, as a team, played like ass. They really did. T.J. Carey had a few good plays in the second half, but, man, that first half, he was getting lit the fuck up. Real talk. The defensive line, the run defense, oh, my God. The run defense was just getting – they had fucking cleat tracks on their – I mean, Jesus Christ. The Seahawks literally ran all over the Colts whenever they wanted to. Even in the second half, when we knew that they wanted to run and run the clock down, they still were ripping off six, seven-yard, eight-yard runs. That is not good. But, like, the truth of the matter is, the whole fucking team just looked like it wasn't ready. They had no intensity, no sense of urgency. They looked shell-shocked, like, like, like they woke up and somebody's like, hey, y'all got to get out here and play this game. And they're like, whoa, whoa, is that thing the day? Whoa, hold up. I thought we had another day. I ain't fucking ready. Like, man, they did not look ready at all. And then they came on the field and, like, the Seattle Seahawks, Punched him in the fucking mouth, and the Colts just looked like, damn, why they hit us? What's going on? Man, it was it was embarrassing and, and just fucking despicable, real talk. This team, and this is really scary to me, really scary to me, but this team is starting to remind me 
of Paul George. And that's not good. And, and like Paul George felt like I'm going to be the next Kobe by saying what Kobe Bryant would say after games, after we lose, after I missed a shot, after, you know, he would, he would come into the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, he would come into the, the press conference afterwards and it would be like, he would say all the right things, like the exact shit that champions say, but it ain't about what you fucking say. And that's kind of how this team is starting to seem to me. It's like, you know, there, I love Darius Leonard. You know, I love his fire. And I'm, I don't have any problem with shit talkers. I love them. I love trash talkers. I love cocky motherfuckers. I'm with it all. I'm here for it. You feel me? But dude, like this team is like got a bunch of swag and likes to talk about, you know, what they're going to do and nobody respects us and wait till we get out there. But it ain't about saying the right shit. And then after you get your ass whooped, you're like, well, I'm pissed. We got our asses whooped. Well, that's true. But, like, man, I need to see some of that fire on the field, homie. Where was all that bluster and bravado on the field? Because what I saw, what I saw is the fucking Seattle Seahawks bullying the fuck out of the Colts. They had all the aggression. They had all the swagger. They had all the confidence. And the Colts looked like they didn't want to be there, at least for the first half. Man, reminding me of Pandemic P is not a fucking good thing, bro. I mean, okay. Where the fuck were the wide receivers? Where the fuck was Campbell? Where was Pittman Jr.? These are dudes that, man, this is supposed to be their year. Now, in all fairness, you know, the part of the problem may have been that Wentz did, never had more than a goddamn second to get the ball deep. So maybe that was the problem. But the Seahawks back in is weak. And I didn't see any real instances except maybe here or there where our receivers were getting any kind of real separation. Man, that shit should be happening with, you know, the speed that Paris Campbell has. This reminds me, speaking of the wide receivers, that's one thing in the bright side. That's one thing in the good column that I forgot. And that was seeing Mike Strawn out there. Mike Strawn was out there making big boy clutch fucking catches. That was great to see. Dudes out there getting run in the first game and coming through. That's going to be a great thing for Carson to have, uh, you know, confidence. Like, I can go to this guy, and, it's, and he's going to come down with it. Um, Zach Pascal. I mean, Zach Pascal had a pretty good game considering. He made, like, that was a fucking huge catch. That was a big boy, big time touchdown catch. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to definitely give him that. That was a massive, massive play. You know, and, and uh, I, so I give him props on that. But, um, man, the rest of the team. I'm going to get to the O-line in a minute. I, I, the O-line is like, they're like, the O-line Sunday, I'm like a black parent. Just, just like, I, I don't even want to look at your motherfucking ass. You know what I mean? I, I don't even want to look at the offensive line. To even say anything to them, they were so fucking despicable. 
They're so fucking despicable. Man, is the fucking defense ever going to play four quarters, y'all? Real talk. Are they going to ever play an elite game for four quarters? I don't know that we ever had a game last year where they played four full long quarters against a good team. I ain't talking about the goddamn Jets or the trash-ass Minnesota Vikings. You feel me? Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with beating up on bad teams. Like, you should do that. But if we're talking about winning a championship, you're talking about being a contender? You got to be able to beat up the good team sometimes. You got to dominate the good team sometimes. You know what I mean? And damn, at least give us four quarters of solid play. Give us, you know, give us the first two quarters solid play. Tough play and then the last two quarters elite. We can live with that. But goddamn, don't look like Swiss cheese for the first 30 minutes of the damn game. Giving up a goddamn 69-yard touchdown pass on second and 20. What the fuck? O-line, I uh, still can't even look at you. Let me let me talk about the linebackers. Linebackers getting toasted. They were getting toasted all day. The run game and the pass game. I was real disappointed in Bobby Okariki. Bro, you got to bring it, man. You got the talent, the speed. You got You flashed all training camp. You flashed in the – man, you got to bring it, bro. This is the real deal. Come on with it, man. Darius Leonard was looking lost like a fucking puppy you know, without a collar in the first half. Now, Darius came on in the second half. I'm giving him I'm giving him that. And he had a big play. But, I mean, you had a whole offseason, y'all. You had a whole training camp. You had a whole preseason. How the fuck are you not ready in game one? You got the owner calling you and sending you text messages and, you know, sending you TikTok videos of fucking Jim Ursay. You know, doing the Big Bang Challenge, talking about we got to have a win the first game. And that's what y'all do? Come on. All right, let's get to the offensive line. Y'all probably thought that was ugly, but no, ugly's coming up after that. But let me just say this. Despicable, embarrassing. is I mean, those are the words that come to mind. The offensive line play. The only dude that was... The only dude, now I'm, I'm going to take Big Q out of it. Big Q's motherfucker was out on the COVID list. Just came back from a fucking foot surgery. Big Q was out there doing his thing, man, with the rest of y'all. I'm not, I mean, look, I'm going to kind of give Davenport a pass because, bro, you you been trashed. You know what I mean? But then you look like he was getting it together towards the end of the preseason. Now, that was against the twos. I, I warn y'all every season. Preseason means very little because you're watching, you know, dudes play who are going to be trying to sell you insurance after preseason is over, right? Dudes going to be, you know, asking you, do you keep your income options open on making some extra money trying to get you in network marketing companies after the preseason is over? So you can only put so much stock in that. But Davenport at least got it together. But, dude, he looked like, you know, as much as – as much as y'all talk shit about LaRaven Clark last, hey, I would have loved to have LaRaven Clark out there. Man, Davenport, dudes are just running around him like, you know what I mean? Like he was a fucking cardboard cutout of a left tackle. That was that bullshit. I mean, go watch it again. Go watch it again. It was embarrassing. 
Braden Smith had the worst game of his career by far. I mean, Taylor just blew him fucking off his feet. Dude, that's, come on, bro. Where's y'all's manhood, man? Taylor just blew him off his feet, pushed him back off his feet, and ran over him to sack Carson Wentz, man. That shit was sad. Ryan Kelly was getting blown up. Man, what the fuck? Now, I know y'all going to play better next week. I know y'all all going to play better next week. I I threw, I fully expect them to come out and beat the Los Angeles Rams next week. I do. Expect a damn good game from them next week. But being that clear about it is really what bothers me most about this. And that's what brings us to the ugly. Man, I don't know about Frank Reich, y'all. I don't know. Let me tell you, I'm no Frank Reich hater, okay? a matter of fact, I really like Frank Reich, and I'm not just talking about it as a man. He seems to be a fantastic man. I don't know him personally. He seems to be a fantastic man, a fantastic person. I think he's a fantastic football mind. He's a brilliant play designer. Play caller? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm on some old Larry David shit about his play calling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Sometimes he looks like a genius. And sometimes you're like, dude, what the fuck? In this game in particular, man, this is what really bothered me. Like his play calling was uninspired, uninventive. I'm not sitting here trying to act like I know better than Frank Reich, okay? But, I mean, no rollouts. You got a mobile quarterback, you didn't roll him out not one fucking time? He's running all over the field anyway. He's under duress. Ten fucking quarterback hits and three sacks. He's getting hammered. No rollouts, Frank. All the plays look basic as fuck. Very little play action. The runs were basic. You you know, you 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 got no you get no push. The the Seattle Seahawks defensive line is all over. You run it slow developing Stretch plays and shit on the run play. Come on, man. Where's the fucking RPOs at? Where's the, you know, where was the tight end use? Now, they probably hold, they were probably keeping them in the block. That's probably what that was. Now, is this because they, you know, they haven't had enough practice time together and they don't know all the offensive call? I don't know, but I would think that Carson Wentz would know this shit by now. Man, that shit, that, let me tell you, in comparison, the Seattle offense looked like something designed by a super genius. Like, it was innovative. It was unpredictable. It had the Colts. Now, I don't – and, and, and this is going to get into, into my question about Eberflus. Real talk. They had the Colts looking lost and out of place, especially in that first half. They had the coast looking like the fucking Keystone Cops, looking like, you know, a slow white dude trying to guard uh, Kyrie Irving or, or James Harden. You know, when them dudes would be on skates, I mean, not got to be white. I'm just saying a slow, unathletic player, you know, they put them on ice skates, right? That's, that's what the fucking Colts was looking like against that Seattle defense, man. They were 
using misdirection. This is this is what brings us up about flus. I mean, flus like by now, like everybody has film on you. Everybody knows that they're a good. You you have a good defense, full of very athletic, very very fast players, good tacklers. I mean. This has been it's been a couple years where good teams have been using misdirection and running y'all over, knowing that y'all aggressive and you're likely to overrun plays. Like, when are you gonna fucking react to that, man? When are you gonna um, predict that ahead of time? And be like, okay, they're gonna probably try to do this, so let's let's counteract this immediately in the first half. How about doing something you don't normally do in the first half? How about adjusting in the first quarter, bro? Your shit was your D was looking helpless as fuck in the first half. Now in the second half, you made adjustments and got the shit under under control. Defense played pretty good in the second half, but why it take so long? Seattle's offense and Seattle's offense made Reich's offense Sunday look like fucking junior high. Like the coach, the junior high football coach that got fired from Pop Warner. They was like, man, nah, get up out of here. And he went and got a job at a junior high because his buddy worked there. I mean, man, that shit was whacked. And that brings me to this. This is one of the things that really bothers me. Let me ask you this question. How often have you seen a Colts team under the Reich era? How often have you seen them play a good team and felt like the Colts really thoroughly outcoached that team? In that game. And I'll fucking wait. Because I'm going to tell you, like I said, I like Frank. I think he's a genius play designer. I like Eberflus. I think he's a really good coach. But against good teams, I just can't think of many times, if any, where I was like, oh, man, they outcoached him. Like they went up against Andy Reid or Bill Belichick or somebody like that or Sean Payton, right? I ain't talking about, you know, I ain't talking about media creation good coaches like John Gruden, that cornball motherfucker, you know, winning a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's player. But that's neither. I ain't hating on John. I'm just saying he's way overrated. But when's the last time you saw them play, you saw the Colts play a good team and felt like they outcoached that team? Because I don't think I've seen it. I just wonder, and I know – you know, I've heard Rick Venturi kind of intimate this. I just, I don't see any wizardry in any of the Colts coaches, like boy genius type shit. You know what I mean? On a consistent basis. And that concerns me, but it doesn't concern me as much as the biggest problem and why the coaching in general is landed in the ugly column. Look, we've got to be honest here. We're fans of the team, but we got to be honest, y'all. Like, this is now a recurring pattern on Frank Reich's watch. During his tenure, his fucking team's not being ready to play on opening day. Now, we know over the course of a season, almost every team's going to have one of those games at least once where it's like, oh, they just weren't quite ready today. They just didn't, you know, didn't get off the bus. All of them cliches. But... Every fucking year, we hear the same rhetoric, and you know this guy's great, and this guy's been great, and everybody's fucking great, and you know what I mean. Uh, I'm I'm really pleased with this and all that. We're ready to go, and we're gonna do whatever it takes and build. You know, 
run the damn ball, all that shit, all these fucking sayings, and everybody's confident, I'm confident, and everybody's, you know, giving each other a reach around, sucking each other's dicks. Um, <laughs> no offense, ladies, you know. Y'all know me. I get crashed sometimes because I'm passionate about this shit. But then they show up on the fucking first game of the year and they ain't fucking ready to play. They don't look ready to play. They don't look prepared. They don't look inspired. They, and then, again, when they start flat, I don't see anything from Frank that's like, hey, what the fuck, guys? Let's go. Let's go. What are you guys doing? Now, maybe he does it in the locker room. I don't know, but I'm just saying, man. This is a recurring pattern, man. We got to call it what it is. This is not good. I wonder. I'm just not sure if Frank's general overall style is the kind of style that can consistently get a team where they need to be at that intensity level and at that, you know, having that sense of urgency, that savageness that you need to consistently win in the NFL and win a championship. You feel me? Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's got to be breathing fire and spitting all over every fucking body. We've all seen coaches like that, you know, do all that shit and and that alone doesn't make it happen. But I don't know if the I don't I just don't know if the coach players feel like if I fuck up there's hell to pay. You know what I mean? If I fuck up I might not be playing. I just don't know if that's there. And I think it needs to be there. And I don't know, man. I'm worried about this. I, 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 I'm, here's one, one place where I'm with a lot of fans on this. I, if I'm Ursay, why give him the, why give him the, the, why give Reich the extension this season before the season? Why not let this one play out? Let the motherfuckers sweat a little bit. Feel like, yo, man, you got to. All right, man, you wanted Wentz, right? You can. You sold me on it. Okay, it's time to take a step forward now, man. Let's go. Let me see what you can do. And if you make it happen this season, I got you, right? I got you as long as I'm happy. But I want you to feel like you got to prove some shit. You got to deliver. Why? You could have given it to him after the season, Ursay. Because here's the thing. You want to go the other way. Now you lock the fuck in for real. At least to pay a bunch of money. Man, I just, I don't feel it. I, I'm worried about Frank. I just don't know if he's the thing, and if he's the one. And, and I want to really hear y'all's thoughts on that in particular in the comments. You and I both know that the coach played like ass on Sunday. And you and I both know they're going to come out and they're going to fucking bring it this coming Sunday against the Rams. Win, lose, or draw, they're going to bring it. We know that because we've seen that pattern. But we've also seen this pattern repeat over and over again. I mean, they're having these games, you know, where it's like, what the fuck? Where are they? And all the problems we saw in this game creeping up, maybe not to the same degree, but creeping up, not being able to finish and get touchdown, all this shit. I mean, why the fuck you, you know, use your play action on second and goal, homie. You know what I mean? Instead of just running up the fucking middle three straight times and then being like, oh, well, I guess I'll kick a field goal this time. I mean, come on. Anyway, I really want to hear you guys' thoughts in the comments. Let me know 
am I crazy? Am I overreacting? Am I, you know, am I, am I overreacting to Reich because of a, you know, his style or whatever? Let me know. I'm really interested to hear you guys' comments. Let me know in the comments also what you think is going to happen this upcoming Sunday against the Rams and what you think we're going to see because this is a fucking gut check time. Like this is, they got to show and prove this Sunday. They got to show and prove. You feel me? So anyway, let me know in the comments. You know, I'm okay. If you disagree, just don't come with no bullshit and I will see you in the next one. I'm going to end this the way I always end it. Saying to you what I say, all the coach players, coach coaches, coach front office people who listen, and I know some of them do because they hit me up sometimes. Let's get this shit together. Let's come out like we're ready to eat the fucking opponent's hearts. Eat their children's hearts. Fuck it, I said it. Yeah, I said it. This football. This football. And let's go out and win another fucking Lombardi, baby. Peace. And win another fucking Lombardi, baby. And win another. And win another fucking Lombardi, baby. And win another. And win another fucking Lombardi.